Did you know that the brain circuit that regulates our body's movement also regulates our motivation and mood? As a result, they are all deeply connected. If you've ever had a few bad days or even weeks of eating unhealthy, being physically inactive, and perhaps you feel unmotivated or even temporarily have feelings of depression, I will explain all the neurobiology behind that. And in that knowledge comes power. Keep listening on to find out more, only here on the People Scientist Podcast. Listening to the People Scientist, the podcast dedicated to helping us optimize our health with the latest scientific findings on neuroscience, physiology, and nutrition. I, your host, Dr. Stephanie Caligiuri, a nutritionist, physiologist, and neuroscientist, will be here with you every single week, bringing us information to ignite our thinking, to help us be one step closer to the healthiest we can be. Hello, my People Scientist Army, and welcome back to the People Scientist Podcast for episode 46, where every week I arm us with some scientific evidence so we can all lead the healthy lives we want to live. For this week's episode, I'm going to talk about a concept that I've been thinking a lot about lately, actually, and that is the neuroscience behind the connection between exercise or our body moving and motivation. Now, I listen to other podcasts or follow other social media accounts, and particularly this time of year, the concept of motivation is being talked about a lot, specifically the motivation for us to achieve our goals to be healthier. For example, I was listening to the Brain Jiu-Jitsu show on the Resilience Prescription podcast, and one of the guys on the show, Arlen, was talking about how he exercises consistently, but something came up in his schedule and he couldn't work out for a couple of days. Then on the third day, his schedule allowed him to exercise, but he just lost the motivation. And he was curious why this was. And I think we all feel this way at some point in our lives. We kind of fall into a slump of unhealthy eating and lack of exercise, and we seem to lose our motivation. Well, in today's episode, I'm going to dive into the neuroscience behind why we feel this way, and specifically the neurobiology of how our body moving And our feelings of motivation and our mood are all very connected. So as we always do, let's start off with some core takeaways. The brain circuit that controls our physical activity is the same brain circuit that regulates our feelings of motivation, mood, and our ability to pursue a goal. They are all deeply connected. And as a result, they can influence the ability to do the other. Physical activity, pursuing a goal, and positively anticipating something increases the activity of our brain reward circuit. Now, by activating this brain circuit, it can induce feelings of motivation and the ability to be more resilient against life stressors. By contrast, a lot of scientific evidence illustrates that physical inactivity Eating an unhealthy, high-calorie diet, obesity or recent weight gain, poor sleep quality, or low testosterone levels can reduce the activity of this brain reward circuit, which can lead to unmotivated feelings and a lack of an ability to pursue a goal and being less resilient. 
So it can either be a beneficial or a negative cycle. Interestingly, scientists have illustrated that obesity is the cause of physical inactivity, not the other way around. The reason being an unhealthy high-calorie diet specifically leads to desensitization of the brain reward pathway, which directly impacts feelings of motivation and the ability to initiate physical activity. I think we've all experienced when we have had a few bad days of not sleeping well, eating junk food, and, and not moving our bodies or being sedentary, then perhaps we feel really unmotivated and perhaps a bit melancholy or down on ourselves. Well, this is the neuroscience behind it. The natural activation of this brain reward pathway equals motivation, exercise, and resilience. Low activity of this brain reward pathway equals physical inactivity, obesity, feeling unmotivated, and being less resilient. So essentially, in today's episode, I explain the neurobiology behind the connection between exercise, motivation, sleep, and pursuing our goals. What it boils down to is, if you want to feel more motivated and to pursue your goals, then you need to move your body and not eat junk food. It's as simple as that. But I think sometimes understanding our own brain and why we may feel a certain way can be very empowering. So hopefully this information does that for all of you. Now let's get into the details. We have a neurotransmitter called dopamine that is really central to all of this. There are two brain circuits that respond to dopamine that regulate reward, pleasure, learning, motivation, and physical activity. Now, these circuits are called the nigrostriatal tract and the mesolimbic tract. These tracts include brain regions such as the substantia nigra, the striatum, the cortex, amygdala, hippocampus, and the ventral tegmentum. Now, to keep things simple throughout this episode, I will refer to these two tracks as the brain reward pathway. Now, this is a bit of an overgeneralization of these brain regions, but I'm doing this to allow for easy understanding because I think for the grand majority of everyone listening to this episode, which specific brain region or the type of neuron I am referring to will not be important information. But if you have a specific question on the brain region or type of neuron, feel free to reach out to me on any of the social media platforms, and I'll have my handles in the description box to this episode. Now, many scientists such as Rugsager in 2017 and the journal Frontiers in Endocrinology have very nicely reviewed how our brain reward pathway regulates both our body's movement and our motivation and rewarding pleasurable feelings. This brain reward pathway has been studied extensively in the context of many clinical situations. For example, it has been studied extensively in the context of drug addiction, as drugs can hijack this brain circuit to unnaturally activate this system. And during times of drug withdrawal, this pathway can go through a rebound hypoexcitability, meaning if drugs unnaturally and temporarily increase the activity of this reward pathway then the brain rebounds by having lower activity, which can lead to individuals feeling perhaps unmotivated and temporarily anxious and depressed. Over time with regular drug use, it can cause our brain reward pathway to be less sensitive to dopamine. This has been illustrated with PET scans and how dopamine signaling and expression of dopamine receptors in the brain reward pathway are lower in individuals with drug addiction versus those without addiction. This was reviewed very nicely actually by my mentor, Paul Kenny, in the year 2013 in the journal Current Opinion in Neurobiology. 
Interestingly, in this review, Paul also mentions how we see a similar low activity and low dopamine receptor expression in the brain reward pathway in obesity and along with unhealthy eating. For example, Paul also published in Nature Neuroscience back in 2013 that consumption of a high-fat, high-salt, and high-sugar diet can cause the brain reward pathway to be less responsive or less sensitive. He performed a study in rats and divided the rats into two groups. The control group ate the standard healthy chow, and the other group was provided the chow plus leftovers from the cafeteria that included cake, candy, bacon, pizza, hamburgers, etc. As expected, the rats eating the cafeteria diet quickly put on a lot of weight and became very obese. And they noted that particular dopamine receptors were decreased in the brain versus the control rats. And this resulted in what we call a reward deficit, meaning that things such as sugar that used to feel pleasurable has now become less pleasurable and less rewarding, essentially making our brain reward pathway less sensitive. We see this in humans too. In 2010, Stice and colleagues published a study investigating the activity of the brain reward pathway in response to a milkshake in women that recently gained weight versus those that had a stable weight. The investigators noted that the women who recently gained weight had a lower brain reward response to the milkshake. And individuals that tended to have a lower brain reward response were also at a higher risk for overeating. So recent weight gain and overeating can reduce the activity of these brain regions and could potentially lead to things being less pleasurable to us. This could lead to depressive-like symptoms or consuming even more foods or drugs to get the same dopamine release. Which leads me to the context of depression. This brain reward pathway has also been implicated in clinical depression. Tremblay in 2005 in the Archives of General Psychiatry as well as Hamilton in Translational Psychiatry in 2018 and many others, have used techniques such as functional MRI and PET scans, which can measure the signal of brain regions and the levels of dopamine receptor binding in specific brain regions in humans. They have shown repeatedly that individuals diagnosed with major depressive disorder tend to have deficits in dopamine functioning, and deficits deficits in the activity of the brain reward pathway versus individuals without depression. So we know that drug addiction, unhealthy high-calorie eating, and depression have a lot of similarities in regard to their neurobiology, as these all are related to low sensitivity of the brain reward pathway. Another example of how dopamine and the brain reward pathway are connected to the initiation of movement and motivation is in the context of Parkinson's disease. Now, Parkinson's Parkinson's is a movement disorder characterized by tremors, muscle stiffness, poor sleep, anxiety, depression, and apathy, which means a lack of motivation, enthusiasm, or care. The cause of Parkinson's is a lack of functioning dopamine in part of the reward pathway. Now, there's a high prevalence of anxiety and depression and lack of motivation in those living with Parkinson's disease. Now, this could, of course, be a consequence of living with a difficult condition, but many theorize there is contribution from the lack of dopamine signaling in this part of the brain to their feelings of depression and apathy. Now, let's talk about the role of this pathway in exercise. 
friend and colleagues in the journal Cell Metabolism in the year 2017, I think really very nicely pulled these two concepts together of obesity and physical activity. They noted, just as I mentioned from previous studies, that weight gain and obesity induced a reduction of dopamine receptors in the brain reward pathway, meaning that this part of the brain is now less sensitive to the effects of dopamine. The scientists did a series of experiments that directly linked this lower dopamine sensitivity of the brain reward pathway to being the cause of mice being less physically active. Beeler in 2016 in biological psychiatry further supported this finding, that when particular dopamine receptors are not present in this part of the brain, then rodents are far less likely to initiate physical activity. This was a huge finding in the last few years in understanding the cause of obesity. Often people may think that physical inactivity is the cause of obesity. But here the scientists concluded that in mice anyway, physical inactivity is a consequence of obesity rather than the cause. The reason being is that unhealthy eating and weight gain can change the expression and activity of our brain reward pathway, which can lead to a lack of motivation and lack of physical activity. Kravitz in 2016 in the journal Frontiers in Human Neuroscience wrote a great review to summarize this, how unhealthy high-calorie diets can reduce striatal dopamine activity, and striatal dopamine is necessary for physical activity. Kravitz highlights how disruption of dopamine transmission or dopamine receptor expression can strongly influence voluntary physical exercise or the initiation of exercise. So what else can disrupt this brain-reward pathway and our ability to be motivated? Interestingly, Jardy in Scientific Reports in 2018 illustrated how testosterone is tied into the activity of these dopamine pathways, as testosterone can influence the expression of dopamine receptors in the brain-reward pathway and can directly increase voluntary physical activity in mice. Interestingly, one of the most important determinants of testosterone levels is sleep quality. Several studies such as by Leprout in 2011 in the journal JAMA have illustrated that testosterone levels in the blood spike to their highest during deep REM sleep. If deep REM sleep is compromised, then testosterone levels are lower throughout the day. So this research suggests that another mechanism by which we may feel less motivated to initiate physical activity is due to testosterone and sleep. And yes, we know that exercise can also lead to an increase in testosterone, such as in 2010, Vingren published a review in the journal Sports Medicine that detailed how heavy resistance training causes an acute spike in testosterone levels. This can further enhance dopamine signaling and the, in the brain reward pathway, so it can either be a beneficial or a detrimental cycle. If you exercise, it will enhance your brain reward pathway activity, which can help you feel more motivated to initiate activities. However, if we normally exercise and all of a sudden we stop, you can imagine that this can lead to reduced dopamine signaling in the brain reward pathway, and as a result, reduced feelings of motivation. Brené in the journal Physiology and Behavior in 20, 2007 confirms my theory by stating that after withdrawal from an, an excessive natural rewarding behavior such as consistent exercise, then we may show signs of temporary depression and anxiety and lack of motivation because of this low dopamine state. 
But I mean, this is reality. We can't always keep on track with our healthy way of living. Sometimes life will get in the way. So I think this data taken together can offer a potential answer to Arlen's question. And his question on the Brain Jiu-Jitsu show was, why after a couple of days of not exercising, did he feel unmotivated to get back into the gym? And I think it's because we know physical activity activates this brain reward pathway and puts it in a high state of dopamine release, which will motivate us to pursue our goal and just enhance feelings of motivation. But the lack of exercise then put this brain region in a low dopamine state or low activity state. And that we know is related with low feelings of motivation and apathy and not wanting to pursue our goals. So that can explain the potential reason for not feeling motivated to get back into the gym. But the simple solution to that problem is to muster up the motivation to move your body again. Because we know that if the body's moving, it will reactivate that brain reward pathway and it will be a cycle which will enhance our motivation. And that enhancement of motivation can enhance our physical activity even further. So it can either be a very beneficial cycle or unfortunately it can be a vicious detrimental cycle. But perhaps now because we understand why we may feel unmotivated or a bit more down than usual, hopefully that will help provide solace and empower us to gain control of our mood and our choices. Sometimes there is power in knowing why we feel a certain way. So let's talk about how exercise can be beneficial in regard to this brain reward pathway and our feelings of motivation and our ability to pursue our goals. Exercise interventions have been adopted in groups of individuals with low dopamine signaling in the brain reward pathway, such as in individuals with methamphetamine addiction and in those with Parkinson's disease. For example, Robertson in the journal Neuropsychopharmacology in 2016 illustrated that an eight-week exercise regimen that consisted of one hour of exercise three times a week significantly improved dopamine sensitivity in the brain reward pathway as measured by PET scans by 14% versus individuals that were receiving a health education class instead of the exercise. So after eight weeks of exercising, it's already enhanced the sensitivity of that brain reward pathway. Cicelli in 2018 in the journal Movement Disorders investigated the activity of the brain reward pathway and dopamine sensitivity using PET and functional MRI scans in habitual exercisers versus sedentary or non-exercising individuals living with Parkinson's disease. The scientists noted that in those individuals who exercised regularly, they had stronger dopamine signals greater activity of the brain reward pathway, and lower apathy scores, meaning those who exercised were more motivated and had more enthusiasm than the sedentary individuals. So these clinical trials taken together illustrate that physical activity has the ability to enhance the brain reward pathway, the dopamine signaling and sensitivity, and can enhance measures of mood and motivation. Now this is all important in the context of resilience. Greenwood in the journal Brain Research in 2019 really nicely reviewed how exercise enhances our mood and buffers the impact of negative events in our life, and there is neurobiology behind this to explain how. Exercise essentially puts our brain in a high dopamine state, which makes our brain reward pathway more sensitive to dopamine, which can shift the recruitment of the receptors away from the dopamine 2 receptors that are implicated in stress vulnerability 
and toward the dopamine 1 receptors, which are implicated in reward and resilience to stress. By contrast, if we are physically inactive, or perhaps live with a drug addiction, or eat an unhealthy high-calorie diet, or have recently gained weight, then that can lead us to a low or insensitive dopamine state, which would make us more sensitive to life's stressors. Now, there was one question that was on my mind, and that was, okay, exercise activates our brain reward pathway and increases dopamine signaling, but so does sugar and so does drugs. So why are sugar and drugs bad for this pathway, but exercise is good? Well, you see, sugar and drugs impact these brain regions differently than physical activity does. High intakes of sugar, weight gain, and drugs seem to reduce dopamine receptors in these brain regions, making this reward pathway less sensitive to dopamine over time. Whereas, interestingly, exercise has the opposite effect and increases the receptors and sensitivity to dopamine. As Foley in 2008 illustrated in mice that physical activity can change the expression of dopamine receptors in the brain that over time increases the activity and sensitivity of the brain reward pathway. They had noted after six weeks of exercise in the rodents that it was sufficient to change the expression profiles of this brain reward pathway. What this means is an unhealthy diet and obesity reduce the sensitivity and activity of this important brain region, whereas exercise can increase it. But do keep in mind that it may take time. In clinical trials I mentioned above, the participants saw improvements in their brain reward pathway after eight weeks of an exercise regimen. So these positive effects may not happen right away. Now lastly, I want to talk about the role of genetics. You know how some people seem to find it easier to stay motivated and physically fit versus others? Well, there are small variations in how our genes can be expressed, and these variations are called single nucleotide polymorphisms, or abbreviated SNPs. So SNP analyses have suggested that there are differences in the genes that express our dopamine receptors, and this appears to be associated with physical activity levels, specifically in women. So based off of just this one study, it does appear to be possible that women are more sensitive to the genetic variation effects on motivation and physical activity than men are. Now, the explanation for this is unknown, but I could hypothesize that it is because of the role of testosterone, right? As I mentioned earlier, we know that testosterone has a beneficial effect on the reward brain pathway. And we know that testosterone is eight times lower in women than it is in men, So perhaps in men, the testosterone levels can compensate for the genetic variation, whereas in women, that compensation does not exist. Now that is a hypothesis of mine, but it has yet to be proven. In addition, individuals with a specific variant for another dopamine receptor were more prone to sport-specific sensation-seeking. So yes, genes may play a role in our motivation for physical activity. But as Dean Charney said in my interview with him a couple of months back, Genes are not our destiny, but the choices we make in our life hold far more control over our outcomes. So that is a wrap, my people, scientist army. In summary, the same brain circuits that regulate voluntary physical activity also regulate our motivation and mood. Low activity of our brain reward pathway can occur from unhealthy high-calorie food, recent weight gain, lack of physical activity, and even drug use. This may lead to feeling unmotivated and not wanting to exercise or not wanting to pursue our goals. By contrast, if we can muster up the motivation to start to exercise or move our body, 
This will significantly benefit our brain reward pathway and can make it more sensitive and active, leading to feelings of motivation, even more physical activity, and resilience to life stressors. So if you've had a few bad days of being inactive and bad eating, now you know why you feel unmotivated, physically inactive or lazy, and perhaps temporary feelings of depression. If you want to fix it, the solution is simple. Get that body moving and eat a healthier diet. I think often knowledge is power and our ability to understand why we may feel a certain way can actually empower us and we can feel as though we have control over our mood and our decisions. So I hope I have empowered you with this knowledge and let me know what you thought of this episode by leaving me a review and rating if you are listening on Apple Podcasts. Or you can message me on any of my social media platforms if you have questions or want to let me know what you thought. Make sure to follow me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, or TikTok so you can get some extra insights on the week's topic throughout the week. My handles will be listed in the description box to this episode. So I hope you all have a super healthy week, stay moving and motivated, and I will meet you all back here the same time and the same place next week on the People Scientist Podcast. Bye for now. I am a scientist simply sharing scientific evidence. Some of the clinical interventions I discuss are not appropriate for everyone. Before making any changes to your diet or lifestyle, please do consult the advice of your physician or dietitian. My opinions expressed here do not necessarily reflect those of Mount Sinai Hospital and its affiliates.